back. I have a couple items that I think we need to talk about on today's show. Uh, one I found myself and one I found with a little help from my friends. Uh, regarding the one I discovered solo, uh, this came from the back page of the San Francisco Chronicle on the 5th of this month. Article by Matt Apuzo, carried on the Associated Press, as follows. The Bush administration argued Friday that when Congress authorized military action against the September 11, 2001 terrorists, it also gave the president the power to detain people who never took up arms against the U.S. The Justice Department took that position as it defended the six-year detention of Huzaifa Parhat, a Chinese Muslim known as a Uyghur. Though captured in Afghanistan, he says he considers China, not the United States, the enemy. Turns out Parhat is one of several Uyghurs being held at Guantanamo Bay as suspected terrorists. Their case has become a diplomatic and legal headache for the U.S., which has tried to find a country willing to accept these Uyghurs, even as it defended its decision to hold them. Apparently, Parhat became the first person to challenge the terrorist label. His lawyer says the government hasn't even met its own relatively low standard to hold him as an enemy combatant. The Justice Department concedes that Parhat never fought against U.S. forces and says it has no evidence he was planning to do so. Yet... Government attorneys say that he can be held under the law authorizing military force against anyone who, quote, planned, authorized, committed, or aided the terrorist attacks of 2001. Apparently he has connections to the East Turkestan Islamic Movement, a militant group that demands separation from China. The U.S. named it a terrorist group in 2002, a move that some international affairs analysts say was to appease China and to ensure it would not oppose the invasion of Iraq. So that's right. There's no evidence this guy had anything to do with attacking the United States, but because he made the Chinese government mad, we're holding him as an enemy combatant. Even worse, the Justice Department attorney told uh, the three-judge panel that uh, the U.S. has classified intelligence that this East Turkestan Islamic movement is affiliated with al-Qaeda, although officials did not identify the source of that intelligence either to the judge or to the military reviewers. And although China's made similar claims, it too has offered no evidence to this effect. Another article from a couple weeks back worthy of mention uh, by Colm Lynch writing in the Washington Post, noting that uh, a Chilean diplomat, Geraldo Munoz, who is ambassador to the U.S., noted in his recent book, A, Solit a Solitary War, A Diplomat's Chronicle of the Iraq War and Its Lessons, that in the months leading up to the U.S. invasion of Iraq, the Bush administration threatened trade reprisals against friendly countries who withheld their support. It spied on its allies and pressed for the recall of U.N. envoys that resisted U.S. pressure to endorse the war. Here's the part I love. As the U.S. was putting pressure on, on leaders of six governments, something we reported on at the time, Cambodia, Angola, Chile, Guinea, Mexico, and Pakistan, they, to support this war resolution. They were spying on all of them. And in fact, uh, the small countries met privately in a secure room at the German mission that was impervious to eavesdropping. The U.S., said Munoz, expressed its displeasure to the German government every time they did so because it meant they couldn't listen in to what was going on. All right, and here's another one. Uh, apparently, uh, oddly enough, talk about politics making strange bedfellows, 
Richard Mellon Scafey, the man who basically, you know, almost single-handedly funded the impeachment effort against Bill Clinton back in uh, 1998, uh, met with his wife, Hillary, the uh, Democratic contender, and found quite a bit to like about her. Does it strike people as a bit odd that Rupert Murdoch of Fox News is warming up to Hillary, as is Richard M. Scafey, the uh, the publisher of the Tribune Review in Pittsburgh and numerous other uh, newspapers in the country? It just seems a little odd to us. But it is curious to read the editorial written by uh, Mr. Mellon Scafey, noting, quote, Like me, referring to Clinton, she believes we must pull our troops out of Iraq. It is time for Iraqis to handle their own destiny. And more important, because it is past time to end the toll on our soldiers there, to begin rebuilding our military and to refocus our attention on other threats, starting with Afghanistan. Which strikes me as an interesting moment of clarity from Mr. Scafey. Taking a critical view of this was Thomas de Zengotita, writing in the Huffington Post, Noting that all this is incredible, it shows just how the Clintons are willing to stoop as they battle to return to the throne they think belongs to them. Hillary chooses to do an interview with the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. This paper has a lot of influence over Reagan Democrats in western Pennsylvania. So it seems like a reasonable choice if you want to churn up opposition to an African American with a real shot at the presidency. Anyway, this matter of what's going on in Pennsylvania was brought to our attention by Ron Glick, the co-host of Speaking in Tongues, which comes to you on KDVS every Friday at 5 p.m. All right, and joining us now on the program is uh, is Ron's co-host on Speaking in Tongues, Richard Estes, who I believe is making his first appearance on the show. Welcome, Richard. Uh, yes, thank you very much. I'm pleased to appear. Now, Richard, I, I think that uh, you guys' show is, is very much in the vein of, uh, of Air America, given the guests that you have on, and we're kind of the theme of today's show is, you know, Air America may be gone, but we're still here. Let's talk about some of the guests you had on. You've had quite a, quite a wonderful group, with, you know, starting with people like uh, Daniel Ellsberg. Ellsberg was, uh, you know, was very fortunate. You know, he's taken a much higher profile, I think, in recent years than he had taken... Uh, since before 9-11, he was always a very strong voice against U.S. militarism ever since, of course, his decision to uh, leak the Pentagon Papers, even before that, uh, based upon his opposition to the Vietnam War. But I think uh, when it became evident that the Bush administration was going to rely primarily on military force and covert operation to deal with the problems presented by 9-11, he, be- he took a much more uh, aggressive public stance, and he especially became much more public after it. He, he became fearful, as many of us have become, that the administration intends to launch uh, airstrikes against Iran. Right. The things are winding down. We're not out of the woods on that one yet. No, no, we're not. We're definitely not. And Ellsberg really keeps has done a, is really admirable for the work that he's done in keeping, uh, making sure that there's public attention dedicated to that. Well, Richard, you've had you've had quite a number of local activists and the like. Uh, who, who are some memorable people that uh, that you've had on? Well, you know, it's true this area has had a lot of activists, particularly if you expand the region out to the Bay Area. Uh, there have been people in the Davis community like Will Lauder who has been involved in both anti-war protests as well as uh, Central American uh, issues going back to like death squad activity in Guatemala and Honduras. So I uh, interviewed people that were involved in the anti-globalization protests in Seattle back in 98. I have played a prominent role in anti-war protests thereafter, including people that were associated with the uh, civil disobedience actions in San Francisco when the war in Iraq commenced. 
and we even interviewed some people recently with direct action to stop the war that uh, were involved in protests recently in, in the city and in the, in the financial district and have really taken a, a strong stance about the necessity for uh, taking action outside the electoral process to, to draw attention to the war and the underlying causes. Richard, do you have any, any uh, favorite guests that you've had over the years? Uh, I would say, you know, there's quite a number. I, I think in terms of some of the issues that we've covered and the guests that were associated with those. For example, uh, I, I think one thing we did really well on speaking in tongues is that e- even before the war in Iraq uh, started and in the period shortly thereafter than the occupation, if you listen to speaking in tongues, you got a much truer picture of what was actually happening than you got well than you got from listening to the mainstream media when they were still obsessed with weapons of mass destruction. We had a number of guests about that, including we had Tariq Ali, the British leftist. We we've had a number of Iraqi Americans who've been on the show to test, to uh, speak about the war in Iraq and people who've traveled there, like uh, people like Pratap Chatterjee. For example, Dar Jamal's been on France's program, of course, and I would recommend uh-huh. people listen to that one as well. And so, we and we had an excellent show with Pratap Chatterjee when he was when it was still possible for uh, people from outside Iraq to travel around the country freely. Uh, he wrote a book called Iraq Incorporated about the way in which the country was looted by private uh, companies associated with the occupation, and it was quite striking just to hear his experiences from the context of really being the last person, one of the last people that could do that. Um, and so I think that was, that's been a real strong emphasis of the program. We continue to do that. One of the things in particular that I think we do that's really important, because I think it's covered so atrociously, uh, is our, is the subject of Hugo Chavez in Venezuela and the Bolivarian Revolution. It's, it's really outrageous the extent to which the mainstream media just perpetually recycles false information in just about every respect, about the electoral process, about the economic performance of the country, about social conditions there. And we've interviewed people on Speaking in Tongues going back to like 2002, I think, uh, when the coup attempt was made. And we've had a number of guests, most recently James Petras, the historian and sociologist, who emphasized really objectively looking at what's going on there from the standpoint of the successes and failures from a leftist standpoint. And it's, it's really an important thing to do because we don't hear as much about it, but there's certainly a great deal of belligerent uh, American threats made about against Venezuela uh, that manifest themselves in a lot of this sort of false demagogue information that perpetually gets put out through just about any mainstream source. Well, Richard, you guys have done a great job, and I hope you will continue to do so. And, and I hope that, uh, you know, both of you will be back on this show again sometime as this election year spins out. Well, thank you very much, Doug. I appreciate this opportunity, and I would also just uh, emphasize that your show is excellent, and I hope people really uh, take the opportunity to listen to it and dedicate themselves to it on a weekly basis because not only the content but the production values are just really extraordinary, and it's, it's, it's a, just a exceptional aspect of KDVS programming. Well, thank you for that, sir, and I hope that uh, people will, for, will not forget uh, the us and, and you in the pl- upcoming pledge drive. <laughs> well, thank you again. All right, Richard. Bye-bye. All right, as we said at the top of the show, it's going to be with a little help from our friends. And the next friend to join us is one of our oldest friends at KDVS, 
Franz Kassing, the host of It's About You, which provides you with some excellent interviews every Monday morning at 8.30. Franz, welcome back to Radio Parallax. Thank you. Always a privilege, Dr. Everett. Uh, I must say, too, I listened to your show last Monday, talking to that gentleman from uh, talking about the situation in the Palestinian territories. And again, good job. Thank you. So very kind. He was passionate, wasn't he? Yes, he was. It's always interesting because I'm privileged to do in-depth interviews, which last usually 45 or 50 minutes. And it allows us the luxury of really delving into detail. And the thought of children needing to dance and sing because there is no room to run and there's no room to play because this is the most densely populated place on earth. Yeah. People don't realize that it's packed like sardines under tremendous uh, difficult situations and it's heartbreaking to think of what children are going through there with the help of our tax dollars. Unfortunately, yes, with the help of our tax dollars. And while clearly I think the support of Israel from people in this country is well-meaning, I think they don't realize what some of the consequences are to people living in the West Bank and Gaza. There's a lack of empathy in the world, and I think I mentioned to you earlier that I'm interviewing Anthony Arnov who co-wrote The Voices of the People's History of the United States with Howard Zinn. Mm -hmm. And he has edited a new book called The Essential Chomsky. Amazing book. And in it, Chomsky speaks of intentional ignorance. And I think a lot of people who support Israel, albeit well-meaningly, choose to ignore the plight of Palestinians. I appreciate the fact that you were able to give that gentleman a 45-minute in-depth interview, something that's become a lost art in, in radio currently. And, and I do want to note that, you know, your show, and, and particularly speaking in tongues, I can't think of two shows the KDVS puts on that are, uh, you know, more uh, like what people are used to hearing from Air America, which, of course, is now gone. But uh, we're still here. Well, we are so very fortunate to be able to have the freedom to discuss whatever topic we want. And a week ago, I discussed human rights and torture in Guantanamo, and I will revisit the subject in a few weeks again, because you can't talk about Guantanamo enough. And Richard and Ron have done so tremendously. No wonder they're an award-winning show. Well, Franz, uh, you know, I, I know we'll have you back, and I, I know that we should get to remind our listeners the pledge drive is coming up, and you, as, as do all of us, count on everyone's support. Yes, absolutely. Please. And you know what I'm telling my listeners, and hopefully your listeners too now, is that we know how ill-advised those rebates that are coming in the mail <laughs> yeah. are and how much further in debt they're going to put it. Wouldn't it be delicious? to repay the Bush administration by supporting shows like ours who speak a truth that you will rarely find. Franz, I can't think of a better use for those tax rebates than to be plowed back into KDVS. Oh, just a portion. I know times are hard for people, but $50, $100, it's a small portion of your rebate. Just send it to us. We'll put it to good use. 
All right, we're speaking with the host of It's About You for running six years, or seven years now and counting, isn't it? Oh, we're beginning our ninth. Oh, my God. Yes. Strong work. It's so much, so exciting. It's such a privilege. So I hope people try to tune in. It's not always depressing. I tried to throw <laughs> in something fun now and then. Rick Cushman said he'll be glad to give me an interview, not only to discuss the fate of television, after the writer's strike, but also his book about the wineries in Northern California. It's a great book because it gives you a quick rundown on the tasting rooms in major wineries and small wineries across Northern California. Well, we'll we'll be looking for that. Franz, keep up the good work. Thank you so much. All right. All right, we need to take a short break, so let's do so. This is Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. When we come back, we're going to talk to my good friend from Kentucky Public Radio, Julie Credence. Yes, I get by with a little help from my friends. Yes, I get by with a little help from my friends. 